Right, hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Shutdown Coverage. Um, another, well, another week in the NFL, another double-digit week in the NFL. The season is rolling on. Um, I'm in a new house, so that's all nice and done. We managed to get the broadband in in time, so it was only one curtailed bite-sized episode um, last week for you all. And obviously we're back with a full-length episode today, which is really cool. Um, obviously, before we get started at Shutdown Cover on Twitter, you can catch us on there. And the episodes release every Thursday for anyone who is not sort of used to the show or this is your only your first or second episode. Um, so it's every Thursday on all the major podcast stream sites. Um, size here as well. So I've been doing lots of Christmas shopping. It's been a bit stressy. Have you calmed down today? It's been very stressful. So, yeah, a little bit of context for you. So, um, I messaged Ed when he was at work yesterday, uh, yesterday morning, saying, ah, I don't think I'm going to be home in time to record the podcast. Because if I did, I'd be murdered. And Ed, as a good friend, decide, and podcast co-host, decided to spare me the murdering um, from, my, uh, from my wife. Um, and we are recording actually the day of the game, the uh, the Thursday night game, which is actually very exciting. It's actually probably give us up to date news and everything as we go along. But yes, uh, we didn't record last week, and I, I mean, I was deafened by the tears of of every one of our fans just missing us so much. Um, I know you had like a little bite sized episode where you you know said our predictions don't want to go any details about how they went because that would just be very unprofessional ever. of me yeah ever they'll be they'll be uh destroyed from the archives um but yeah basically um just happy to be back happy to be talking some football i uh missed my other podcast as well on tuesday with a episode of man flu so all in all um it's been a it's been a tough week but we're back and we're ready to dissect and wrongly predict lots of football games yeah, I mean, you know, you've got to love it. All the wrong predictions. Just listen mm-hmm. to what we say and do mm-hmm. the opposite. Exactly. Um, so we're going to dive into the news, guys. There isn't loads to go on, but we've got a couple of things we want to chew through and then we'll get on to the predictions. Um, speaking of up-to-date news, just in case you want to change your prediction side, we won't go into them yet. Uh, I've just read on NFL.com, Kamara, Armstead and Ramchek are out for the Saints. Mm-hmm. So that's their two tackles and their best running back as far as I'm aware. So in case that affects your pick at all. So a uh, bit of news um, that I want to talk about with me or just sort of things to discuss, really. They're not necessarily news. Um, first one is Jimmy G's trade market. A lot of people on AFL.com talk about him being traded next year. Um, it's like the least worst kept secret ever. He was always going to be traded next year, if not this year, obviously, with Trey Lance being there. The fact that Trey Lance didn't progress as well meant they kept him rather than trading him in the offseason. Although who knows what suitors he'd have. And that's really the point of this conversation. You know, sort of getting the crystal ball out and looking towards next offseason. You know, do you see much of a trade market for him? And what sort of contract might he be looking at? And what would you give in compensation if you were going to? I mean, he's due 27 million, I believe, next year in the last year is contract people saying that's starter money i mean i don't think that's starter money anymore really i mean i mean it is in the sense obviously you're not gonna pay a backup 27 million but that's not top end starter money or anything so i don't think that's crazy to pay him that but is there a team out there that would actually take him on in the first place i'm just frantically looking now just to see if there's actually any teams that do jump out at me um so there's gonna be a few teams that are tied up to other players that they might need to get rid of trade themselves um 
obviously someone like Sam Darnold. I don't know how long he's got left on his deal in Carolina, but he's been an epic wet fart. And therefore, um, you know, that that might be a team that are looking for a, a competent uh, signal caller. But I mean, he's had an okay year. I don't say he's had a good year. Um, I don't think that 49ers defense uh, offense even has been particularly impressive. Um, you know, considering who play, calls the plays there, a lot of good run plays, but between injuries and kind of mediocre quarterback play, it's probably not taken off as much as we thought. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a few teams that, you know, you could think about like Texans, if they get the Sean Watson situation sorted out. But, you know, I know obviously Tyrod Taylor has been, um, you know, came back in for Davis Mills uh, and Davis Mills, you know, kind of didn't really, hit the ground running too much, but they're probably going to give him another look over a full off season, maybe, uh, you know, it's a third round pick. So start of the third round as well, I believe. So, oh, no, it may not have been actually, but it was in the third round. Um, so, you know, he's another guy that they might want to take a look at. So, I mean, the other key thing about this and which really plays the 49ers, um, you know, kind of to their advantage is who is out there in the draft this year. I mean, I haven't really been paying attention to college football as much as maybe I have done in previous years. But, you know, looking at all the various mock drafts, and I know quarterbacks tend to creep up as time goes by. But there's there's no real star. There's no one like Trevor Lawrence-esque, Andrew Lusk, Luck, uh, you know, esque kind of player who is going to be the number one. Um, you know, he's a once-in-a-lifetime player. Whether, you know, uh, those guys ever actually turn out to be once-in-a-lifetime players. Uh, Andrew Luck, you know, obviously retired early. And Trevor Lawrence has been absolutely woeful. But um, yeah, if they can parlay a lack of other options in the draft into um, into getting a decent price for Jimmy G, then maybe they'll go for it. But Trey Lance hasn't really hit the ground running either. So, I mean, where do they keep on going in this horrible purgatory of two quarterbacks and neither of them overly great so far? Um, I mean, you've got to give Trey Lance a chance, but didn't really look so great coming out of, um, you know, in his first few starts. And so we'll see how that goes. But what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you've hit a lot of really good points. I think there's a few teams who might be interested, who could potentially make a move. Um, obviously, there's people who control the draft, like Philadelphia, who've got a load of high picks. Obviously, they look like they might stay with Jalen Hurts now anyway, but you know, I think they'd be in too good a position to, to worry about Jimmy G. Carolina, a good shout, as you said. Um, I think Denver... You know, a lot of people have linked them to Aaron Rodgers and people like that, but they don't have a load of picks. So, I mean, if they're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers to Sean Watson, they're going to have to give their next three or four first-round picks, which hamstrings them for years. Um, and probably Bradley Chubb and probably Patrick Sertain to, to get these kind of players. So, I mean, they'd have a nothing team anyway. So, would they be better with someone like Jimmy G, someone just competent who can get you there, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Steelers... That Big Ben's gone at the end of the year. If you want to build defense and running, that's Steeler football. Mm-hmm. Bringing Jimmy G just to sort of run the offense, who knows? So I think there is plenty of options out there, but nothing leaps out because I think you've got to get Sean Watson out of the way. You've got to potentially get Aaron Rodgers out of the way, and you've probably got to get the draft out of the way. Mm-hmm. And that's going to take... So we can sit here and say, oh, there's 10 or 11 teams, but eight of them will have sorted their quarterback position by the time Jimmy G comes round. Yeah. So... um a lot of it will depend on what happens in the draft, of course. But yeah, it'd be interesting to watch it anyway. Russell Wilson as well. Well, I mean, this is it. I mean, I was tempted when you were talking, I, I was tempted to say Seattle and, and say, you know, it's a bit of a... So yeah, I mean, 
obviously that's high fantasy to an extent. I mean, there's definitely reasons Russell Wilson will leave. I mean, look at the team. It's absolutely atrocious. A pick we definitely got right at the start of the year. We said they would be terrible. And there's a lot of people still saying, you know, 10, 11 wins, everything. Um, And they've completely fallen off a cliff. And to be fair, fallen off a cliff even with Russell. Let's be honest, he's been back a few weeks now and they still look shit. So, you know, he, he has to take not a lot of the blame for obvious reasons, but some of it. But could he jump ship? Absolutely. And then they might be in the stakes for Jimmy G as like a bridge guy for a couple of years, potentially. But uh, we'll see about that. Um, another thing I want to talk about is Kenny Vaccaro, obviously a good player in the league, but not not a special player, uh, has retired. And he's retired after only eight seasons, not a long time, obviously. And he's retired to start an esports team with a couple of gamers. So they're obviously going to be the players, if you like, and he's going to be the manager. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on athletes retiring younger now with all the concussion stuff coming out with all the big injuries that happen with the fact they're paid so much money that frankly even if you're a half decent player you could retire after two or three years very comfortably do you think more players will retire early to just retire you know do you think that's a trend we'll see or retire to go and do other ventures away from the nfl where frankly on any player you could potentially you know have your leg ripped off i mean I think the whole issue with concussions and everything that has jolted the NFL into a level of reality that maybe people weren't actually contemplating at the time. What I mean by that is that um, now it's officially proven that, you know, getting concussions can have long term effects on your health. I don't think you're seeing, I think you, you saw a little spate of retirements very early. A few, um, a few players retired literally then and there when the, when the, when the data came out, um, which is obviously telling, but I, I think, yeah, to a certain extent, I think the options that players have these days are greater. Um, although they'll never have the same kind of media coverage unless they're someone like Tom Brady, et cetera, et cetera, the big, you know, big stars, they're not going to have the same media coverage as a basketball player or something like that, because you know, they're one of one of, you know, forty five or whatever on the field, not at the same time. That'd be crazy. But you know, one of a one of a big squad. Um but at the same point, yeah, their options are more, more available. They can start podcasts that people will listen to. They can uh you know, they can a lot of them play games, so a lot of them can start like Twitch channels and things of that nature. And, you know, yeah, you're right. They make more money and I don't think there is the desire amongst that many players these days. I mean, there is obviously some, some are still very much keen to carry on and you see the sad kind of 35 year old literally um, lagging behind because his legs are basically shot and stuff like that as he keeps trying to play to get one more paycheck to uh, support his family or whatever. But you do a lot of the younger guys now saying, screw this, you know, I've played, you know, eight years, as you said, with Kenny Vaccaro, who, yeah, he's a decent player. I mean, you know, he's not a world beater, but a decent player. And uh, yeah, if he's got the money to do it and live comfortably, then then good. And obviously, there's other business adventures out there that his name and uh, and his finances will will enable him to create. And and good on him because I mean, ultimately, I love watching American football. I don't think I'd want to want to play it regularly because I just think it would be just so hard on 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 the body. And um, you know, if you get the option to 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 make money, play for as long as you feel happy to. But when the fun stops, then then, then do something else and, and good on really. And uh, that's kind of how, how I feel about it. I don't know about yourself, but yeah, uh, if you can get out when it's early, then uh, if that's what you want to do, do it. Yeah, well, absolutely. I think player mobility is getting bigger and bigger. And, and although it never probably will be, or certainly isn't at the moment, like the NBA, I think there is still 
that that element starting to creep in of players realizing their power and their media potential and their earning potential outside of the NFL being their own boss. And I don't think it'll happen a lot. I think a lot of players take a lot of pride in playing and they don't really know anything else with playing. It's kind of like in the army, isn't it? You come out and you you don't know what to do yourself. And it's a bit, a bit like that with the NFL. I think some of them, when they stop playing, they don't know what to do with themselves, but I think this could, this could lead to some of the people looking at it. And um, the only other bit of news I had was about the Rams, but actually I'm going to do that. Uh, when we talk about their game, because it was really just about their dip in form. Um, but we can talk about that when uh, we talk about their game. Perfect. Um, I had a, a couple of little bits to go through. So I, I saw uh, Cliff Kingsbury linked with the Oklahoma job. Uh, uh, I can't see I can't see it happening. I mean, I think you'll probably feel the same. And, and most of you out there will also feel the same. Um, he's Maybe if this was last year when things weren't going as well for them, um, you know, a couple of losing seasons and everything, I might have thought, yeah, maybe maybe he would be linked, you know, liking the idea of going back to a nice cushy college position um, in a job, I think obviously means a lot to him anyway. Uh, but no, I can't see it this year. They've got, they're one of the best teams in the NFL. I mean, that would be crazy, right? I think it'd be absolutely insane. And I think there's a few reasons for that. I mean, number one, because they're doing really well, as you said, he's got his core back. What more do you want? You know, you've got, you've got a future... All pro quarterback, let's say. I mean, you might be a Hall of Famer, but you know it's a bit early for that kind of thing. But an all pro quarterback who you handpicked on a team that's winning in a place that hasn't won too much over the years. So if you can do well, you'll be a legend forever. Um, in a conference where a couple, of, uh, sorry, a conference, a division where a couple of teams are in flux, the NFC West probably isn't quite the powerhouse we thought it was going to be at the start of the year. So yeah, I mean, why would you leave? And the other thing is, I think if you leave. You'll you'll get a black mark then. No one's ever going to hire you back to the NFL ever because they'll go, well, I'll just get bored in a couple of years and leave anyway, even if we're winning, which which should be crazy. It's a bit like the Josh McDaniels thing when he left the Colts high and dry. Let's not pretend that the last three or four years, the reason he hasn't got a head coaching job isn't because of that, because he's obvious head coach potential, um, but he's not been hired because I think people look at that and go, we don't want to be screwed over by him. Yeah, he's a flight risk. Yeah. Um, but also I think as well, it's probably a bit of element of lazy reporting. I mean, uh, not yeah. to turn it on to other football, because I know most of you are more interested in the slightly stranger shape ball than the round ball. But for example, our football team, Aston Villa, has just had Steven Gerrard as their uh, new manager. And literally now we are linked with every single Glasgow Rangers player that is <laughs> in existence. And I think sometimes it's just lazy reporting. It's like, well, I'm sure, you know, he, he was a college coach and he likes this and he likes that. Or we'll just we'll just link him to this job. It's a big job coming out. I mean, ultimately, I think a college football position is is awesome. I think, you know, it's a cushy mm. gig if you can get it. If you get the right one and, and you know, you're happy in that area. And, uh, you know, you, some of these people have a job for life. Um, but at the same point, yeah, I think there's an element of just lazy reporting, especially when things are going so well for Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury now. You know, it's finally coming together. It would just be unheard of to uh, to abandon that now, surely. So I had a, a few other play, a few other players, a few other things to kind of talk about. Uh, Mike McCarthy's out tonight um, for the Cowboys. Uh, he was diagnosed with COVID the other day, so he is not going to be coaching tonight. Um, you had a few injuries as well for the game that we'll kind of discuss when we go into our previews. But yeah, another big loss. And speaking of injuries as well, um, we've got Christian McCaffrey is now officially out for the year um, after an MRI on his ankle, I believe. 
has ruled him out for the rest of the season. So uh, after signing his big deal, it's another injury-riddled season for him overall. Um, Dalvin Cook, uh, not so injury prone. I know he's obviously had an injury in, earlier in his career, but you know he's had a couple of productive years uh, since. But out with a uh, dislocated shoulder and a torn labrum, so uh, he'll be a miss. Uh, apparently, his rumours of him only missing two games, but I mean, I'll be honest with the torn labrum as well. That's going to be something that you know takes a while to heal. So, and also, let's be honest: are the Vikings going anywhere? So, would you risk your literally your star player to potentially claw into the playoffs as the um, wild card and get beaten in the first round? I'm a little bit dubious. Um, but yeah, it's kind of linked into uh, a little thing I wanted to kind of discuss, a little mini rant, as it were. And it's just just the amount of injuries and COVID that's robbed us of awesome matchups, of great games because of, you know, Derek Henry, after I basically jinxed him when he was, um, uh, you know, on par for a potential MVP caliber season, then goes out with an injury We'll almost certainly see him either come back late in the year or be ruled out for the rest of the season. You know, Kyler Murray's not played much for the last few weeks for Cardinals. Speaking of Cardinals, we were early with Cliff Greensbury. You know, Aaron Rodgers going out with COVID. Uh, Russell Wilson having his tendon injury in his finger. Uh, that, you know, it kind of obviously still kind of playing into form again for him. So, Overall, it's just been a really annoying year for injuries. And I know it always is. And, and like, you know, I know they say it's not ballet because it isn't ballet. I get that. But at the same point, you've got a situation where, you know, you, you really have these awesome high caliber matches. I mean, Khalil Mack at my beloved Bears, he's out for the year. Uh, you know, lucky uh, Robert Quinn's having an amazing um, season. Otherwise, we'd be absolutely screwed. And yeah, it's just it's just annoying to have all these high caliber matchups be ruined by by injuries robbing us of, of of great matchups, really. Yeah, it is, and um, I think we all hoped that this year would be past COVID. Maybe a bit naive of us, but we kind of I think we kind of hoped that it would it wouldn't really affect the season. Obviously, injuries are injuries, and there are worse years than others. But I think for the most part, it sort of works out as a sort of medium average, you know. And and it's just does it affect your team or does it affect? that Monday night game that everyone has to watch or does it affect a game on Sunday where we can turn over to another game and things like that. But obviously COVID's hanging around, which is a great disappointment and um, injuries are really frustrating. And I bet on Christian McCaffrey, I think too often because I remember being a big advocate of his when he's coming out of the draft and everyone will turn around now and say, oh yeah, so was I, so was I. There was so much blowback that Carolina took him that high and, and that Carolina took this small more like wide receiver scat back than a proper running back. And and I said he'll be a great weapon, and he has been. However, I also backed him to be paid. And as you say, at this point, it's a really bad investment because he's barely played a game, really, since he's played that. So it's, another, it's a conundrum still, isn't it? The value of running backs in the NFL, especially small ones. Um, and Delvin Cook isn't massive. So he, he to, a, to a certain extent, falls into that category. I know he's not small, but he's not, again, Derek Henry or Adrian Peterson or these you know, huge backs that are kind of a bit of a bit of a throwback, really, and and advocates a running back by committee. So I've taken this injury rant onto a little bit of a running back rant. You know <laughs> that you know you have three or four good backs who could have a big game on their night, rather than having the star back who gets injured and then you're left with nobody. I think as well, going further on as well, running back especially is such a high rate of injury. I mean, there's very few 
running backs that can look back through their career apart from maybe like Frank Gore, who is effectively immortal. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's you see there's large numbers of running backs that have been injured. I mean, uh, if, if you think about any team, I mean, you, your Patriots have had uh, various injuries to various running backs. It's always been a next so, yeah. man up situation. And you've got a situation, sorry, I'm getting very emotional. You've got a situation <laughs> where, um, you know, is it worth putting 10, 15 million into that position? Aaron Jones has missed some time this year. Joe Mixon got paid and has always been in and out of the lineup basically since he came to the Bengals with injuries. Um, Alvin Kamara has been injured this year. It's a really, really tough decision because these are such impact players, but you effectively you could end up in a situation where you've got 15 million pounds, uh, dollars, sorry, 15 million dollars a year being paid to someone who doesn't play 17 games. Yeah, I think you've got to kind of go all in, haven't you? Um, if you're going to pay that guy 15 million, you have to do what the Packers have done and draft a high-end replacement, which Aaron Rodgers wasn't happy about, but I bet it's looking pretty good right now because AJ Dillon, every time I've seen him, has played out, outplayed Aaron Jones. Mm. And I pay attention to the Packers because they're a big team and because I've got Aaron Jones in my fantasy team. And um, AJ Dillon has literally outplayed him every time I've seen it. Every time, and don't get me wrong, I'm sure Aaron Jones has outplayed him. I haven't seen every game, but every game I've seen AJ Dillon's look better. And so, if you were going to invest that 15 million, that's fine. That is a way to go. However, A, they better be a three down back, and B, you better have a good backup so you can continue the offense running if they go down. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's the big issue, isn't it, really? Because, um, wherever you put your money in, there's always going to be positions that people let you down. I mean, there's been a lot of injuries to quarterbacks this year as well that, as we said, it's been quite disappointing. And it's basically just injuries just fucking suck. That's what I'm just going to yeah. say. Can we just have a, like, if you could have like a Madden mode where you just take injuries off or something and just have all the best teams play each other every week, you know, with, the, yeah. with their top guys. That, that would be a nice world. Um, it's yes. not the world we live in, but it would be a nice world. I'm, I'm living um, in the world of fantasy. Yeah, well, we all wish we could do that sometimes. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on to um, predictions for tonight. Um, obviously, literally tonight in the case of Dallas at New Orleans, and then we'll obviously run through the Sunday and Monday night game, and then we'll do some bets to end the episode. So the first game um, is Dallas at New Orleans, as we've talked about a few times. Um, obviously, big list of injuries for New Orleans, and um, obviously Mike McCarthy's out with COVID. Ed, we forgot to do something, didn't we? And I understand why oh, yeah. you glibly... Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to avoid it. Yeah, I glibly wanted to just glide over this feature that we literally do every week. Well, guys and girls, it's time for the scores. So we've got two weeks of scores, haven't we, Ed? Because obviously uh, it was a bit of a, a, a micro episode last week. Um, so, Ed, do you want to take a stab at what your score was from two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, yeah. Um, uh, oh, I don't know how positive am I going to be about this. Um, uh, I'm going to I'm going to say seven and six. Um, it was eight and seven. Oh, okay. So I wasn't that far away. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you finished eight and seven. It's so a positive. Uh, I oh, yeah. finished with ten and five. Um, Very nice. Just saying. Uh, and last week, uh, do you want to take a stab at what you did? Yeah, is it still 15 games? It's still 15 games. It's terrific. I didn't know there's only two teams on a bye. I don't know why I don't know hmm. that. Um, I'm pretty sure it was something like six and nine. 
It was seven and eight. Seven and eight. Yeah, I knew it so wasn't good. Over the two weeks, you've had a, a, a fifteen and fifteen record. Uh, it's five hundred <laughs> football. I am average. I'm, I'm Jeff Fisher. <laughs> Mate, he had a career for years. So if you can have the Jeff Fisher uh, <laughs> predicting, that's, you know, that's a, that's a job for life. Um, and I finished 10 and 5 again, Mr. Consistency. Wow. So, um, Two yeah. Two to one. I know. So it's 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 looking a little bit tough for you right now. I've got to be honest. Yeah, it is. It, it, um, well, it is on the season anyway. Yeah. So um, overall now, our overall scores, and I think I've mussed up the totals somewhere because I feel like, Every other predictor's got a different score to us, but <laughs> yeah. us, our score, as according to me, who apparently can't add up correctly, uh, you are 108 to 71, yeah, and I am 118 to 61. So I've got a ten, ten a ten game lead okay. on you now, and we're we're coming down to the last few games of the year. So that thousand pounds you were going to give me um, if <laughs> I won was really looking good for me. Yeah, I've definitely got that after buying a house. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, well, it is a bit disappointing, although it's not actually as bad as I thought. I genuinely thought I'd had an absolute mm. shocker last week. So um, I'm quite glad that in the end I've done okay-ish. Um, but there you go, yeah. To, to be fair, to, to not take away from my gl- uh, my glimmering achievements as well, I think this year, especially, especially the last, I'd say, and I think that's kind of shown with our predictions, the last... I don't know, four or five weeks have been so unpredictable where you have like, you know, the Bills losing to the Jaguars, which is unfathomable and just lots and lots of crazy results. Like if you were getting to all those winning bets with long accumulators of of, of teams, good on you because it is so difficult to pick most weeks because the worst team can effectively beat the best team. And I suppose that's what we all love about American football, uh, about the NFL, is the fact that, in theory, you know, your terrible team can go in and play the Super Bowl champions and beat them, in in, in essence. And, and that's happened on several occasions that you've had little minnows destroying these giant um, conference sharks. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's what we love, really. But yeah, it's been a very unpredictable few months, I'd say, um, that's kind of turned all, a lot of predictors on their head, I guess. See, this is why I do the podcast with Sai, because he can turn a frown upside down. <laughs> you see that? He, he told me my record, shoved it in my face, and then went, yeah. but it's been a really unpredictable year, and that's what we love about the NFL, and it's just really hard to pick at the moment. So yeah, you see, it's the pick players' fault, Ed. They should all retire is, yeah. and start esports teams. It's always a, the players' fault, I tell you that, but you don't listen. <laughs> you blame the owners, I blame the players. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's where we differ. Right. Okay, um, we will move on to this week. So Dallas at New Orleans. Um, I'm not going to spend any time on it. I'm going to pick Dallas. Um, I think they're the better team. They need the game more because I think New Orleans have accepted their season's over now. They're going to play hard, of course, but I think their season's over. I think Dallas um, is very much in the mix. They really need this win after some up and down results. New Orleans have lost half their best starters, it seems, Um Going into tonight, Trevor Simeon is apparently, I think, going to be benched. But whoever plays, I don't really care. Whoever plays a callback for them is probably not going to be good enough. Um, so it should be pretty straightforward for Dallas. Um, I've gone exactly the same. I picked um, the Cowboys before we even had a situation where we found out that Kamara, Ramchek, et al. were all out. Um, so, yeah, this has just really reaffirmed my, my, my quite concrete decision that... Um, uh, the Cowboys should win this game pretty comfortably in the end. 
Uh, moving on to quite an unpredictable game for the first game on Sunday, we've got the New York Giants at Miami Dolphins. Um, unpredictable in the sense that both teams are pretty poor, but have the odd flash of inspiration on on occasion, and it's who's going to play down to who, or who's going to you know bring their play up um, to a higher level to win the game. It's obviously in Miami. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, what do you think will happen in this one? So um, the Giants, uh, if I remember rightly, they won last week, didn't they? So that was a, another yes. confusing game for the rest. Oh, yeah, in a, what was the 13-7 Giants-Eagles game, which uh, yeah. I had the misfortune Shocking. to watch some of. It wasn't high on quality. Jen Hurts was pretty abysmal for large parts of the game um, and couldn't even get out and run, which kind of was worrying if you're a, an Eagles fan. Um so yeah, not the best of games. Dolphins on a bit of a mini tear right now. I think they've won three on the bounce. So um, again, I mean, obviously against a woeful Panthers team who are really, you know, after starting the year promisingly just fallen away to nothing. Um, more like pussycats than Panthers. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've gone for uh, the Dolphins in this game. Uh, you know, I think Tua, despite the fact that I still am not impressed with him remotely, um, is 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 kind of statistically having a not all right kind of little um little block here so um yeah I, I, i'll go for tour and the dolphins over over the giants um they're at home giants i still think if they're going to win a game it tends to be because their defense steps up not because they're offensively have anything to offer uh so yeah i've gone dolphins on this one yeah me too i'm going to take the dolphins i think the giants are definitely um a lower tier team than Miami now that Miami are playing well. Miami always had the talent. They just weren't playing well for whatever reason. And as you said, Tuward, though, he has a lot of making up to do, has played well in the last few weeks and um, has had some nice throws, some, some nice plays and um, expect that to continue against the Giants. Um, unless Saquon Barkley, if he's playing, has a monster game. I can't see uh, Daniel Jones beating that secondary um, very much um, throughout the game. So I'm going to go Miami as well. We've got the Colts at Houston next. Um, again, for my prediction, I'm going to be very quick and say the Colts because Houston are terrible and the Colts are very good. Um, they've obviously been on a big win streak. It was snapped by the Bucks last week. Uh, one of my actual successful predictions, which is a shocking um, outlier. However, um, I think they bounce back this week, obviously because they're the superior team, but also because they'll want to get back on the horse quickly with the playoffs coming round and obviously making up for their slow start in the year. Did you just say the Colts were going to get back on the horse? I did, mate. So is that a horse riding a horse? Yeah. That's some trippy shit right there. So um, I, I, I concur with what you say. I think Colts are the better side. I think Texans are shit. Um and that's really all we need to say, really. I, I can't see the Texans offering enough. I made the misfortune of backing them last week and they kicked me in the nuts, effectively. So, yeah, I'll go Colts as well. Okay, moving on next. Uh, we've got Minnesota at Detroit. What would have been perhaps an open and shut case with Delvin Cook out, I think on paper it still should be, but it is one of those upset alert kind of games, division rivalry. Detroit need a win somewhere, sometime. As I've said before, they're not going to be happy with one tie and in the sense that obviously no one's ever happy with that. But also people are still going to call them a winless team and they're one of the only other winless teams in history. So you don't want to be the team that doubles up and does it twice um, just because they've got one tie and they'll be, you know, 0-16-1. It's basically 0-17. No one's going to care about the one. So they've got to get a win somewhere. So it does feel like an upset 
However, um, I think Minnesota have got a bit too much power on offense, even without Delvin Cook. I think Madison can come in and play well. I think Cousins is the type of game where he's one of those guys, isn't he? When, when it's the worst case, he, he sticks it to you and, and plays really well. And when he should play well, he tends to fold. And I think this is the type of game where he might throw all over Detroit. Justin Jefferson has a huge game. Adam Thielen has a huge game. And um, I think Minnesota might might run away with it, despite the fact that it seems like a game that should be a bit of a trap for them. I, I so thought you were mulling in your head the idea of a Lions win. I just I could just hear it in your voice. You just you were just you were just mulling it over. Um I am Good not. Call, I think the Detroit Lions are absolutely awful. Um they lost to the Bears, which should really highlight just how awful they are because um the Bears were pretty, pretty oh, abysmal themselves. I know. Well, I mean, I, I've come to terms with the fact that the Bears are going to be sh- shocking this year. <laughs> Saying that now, they'll probably squeak into the playoffs with a losing record or something stupid. Um, but yeah, I've, I've gone for the Vikings as well. I, once again, I think a lot of these early games are pretty open and shut. You could talk ad nauseum about them, but what would be the point? Because um, yeah, I, I can't see a Lions win unless something really dramatic happens, like an injury to Kirk Cousins or... Um, a couple of very early crazy plays or, or big mistakes from the offense of the Vikings or the defense or whatever. I just can't see it. So yeah, I've gone for the Vikings, even though they're not necessarily playing consistently well. There are a far, if we're talking about tiers, they're at least two tiers higher than the Vikings, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think the next game is an interesting one because we've got Philly at New York Jets next. And a couple of weeks ago, this would be open and shut because you'd say, well, Philly are playing well. They're not the most talented team, but they have got, you know, some good players on the roster. They're starting to round into form. They're playing the Jets, who are shocking. And then they laid an egg against the Giants and you start to think, oh, perhaps it's not going to be as straightforward as it seems. However, um, I'm going to take, I'm, I'm going to do this one first as well. I'm going to take Philadelphia because um, the Jets are playing Zach Wilson. And that's, pretty much my reasoning if i'm honest um i think zach wilson has been shocking all year and he's made a couple of big throws and people have latched onto that as if that means that he could be a good player and um he's been absolutely shocking doing wrong am i giving up on zach wilson i'm not that much of a jet hater and i'm a patriot fan but i am doing a podcast so i'm not i'm not doing a patriots podcast or doing an nfl podcast could zach wilson be a good callback in the nfl absolutely is he in a shit position like pretty much every Jets quarterback in history? Yes, absolutely. But even Jets fans would have to admit there is huge screaming warning signs at the moment, you know, on the on the year he's had so far. The only good games the Jets have played defensively is when he has not played. The only good games. Um, he's thrown some of the most bonehead picks I've seen. And um the Philly defense is pretty good and their defensive front's pretty good and they can put, put some pressure on you. So um, I'm going to take Philly. Um, if Flacco was playing, I'd probably still take Philly, but I would kind of like the Minnesota-Detroit one. Talk about, all oh, bit of a trap, bit of an upset maybe. But um, was that Wilson, I think, Philly win? I thought you were going to talk yourself into a crazy Flacco prediction then. That was a warrior. <laughs> then you saw, like, this moving house business is totally yeah, yeah. mad. I'm going, what mad? Yeah, no, um... Once again, it sounds like we're being lazy. I'm just trying to brush through these games, but um, you know, Zach Wilson, even in even in victory last week, wasn't particularly impressive. Um, you know, let's be honest. If you're a Jets fan, you're listening to this. Um, you know, shut down cover on Twitter. Let us know because 
um you know if you disagree i mean in my eyes and i think probably the large majority of the people listening to this would agree that you know he's he's he had a bad week last week he's just literally bad week after bad week when he's played i know he obviously missed a few weeks for injury himself um yeah what to expect from the eagles that's the big thing i could see this being a close game i could see it being like a a crazy 3-3 type of game going into half time or something like that and if you've got the over in any of your predictions or anything like that or any of your accumulators then you know you'd be nervously eyeing that one um i was with the uh the giants eagles game i was like oh i'm sure they'll get over like 40 odd points that's fine and it was literally like was it like seven six at half time or something insane yeah. it's like oh god um well that one's gone um yeah so i can see this being a close game because both teams just aren't consistently good quality as you said the eagles have got some good defensive players um but you know good receiver core that is well not a good receiver but some talent in that wide receiver core that is let down by you know a quarterback that just really to be perfectly honest can't throw um so yeah so i've gone for the eagles i think it will be a close game just because both teams just aren't good enough to rack up the points and i think basically of the two sides both of their defenses are their stronger point and therefore you're gonna have a situation where two okay defenses cancel out bad offenses but um eagles and a squeaker yeah i mean i'm taking the under no matter what it is even if it's sub 40 i'd probably still take the under to be honest um next one is arizona at chicago um arizona as we mentioned earlier flying pretty high this season they've had the odd bump in the road but i wouldn't say there's been anything to particularly write home about or worry about bar injuries but deandre hopkins and kyla murray are supposed to be practicing post by so they should in theory um be playing at the weekend which i know will make you happy that they happen to have come back to play the bears um the, the bears having a bit of a grindy season as you said i mean i don't think it's been a bad season it's just been grindy and kind of unpredictable and not inspiring but obviously Justin Fields has taken strides and that's what matters most really with this season um do you think the Bears can cause an upset be physical with Arizona that seems to be perhaps the way to go I I think yes they can keep it physical I don't think Arizona have consistently been absolutely fantastic for such a, a team with such a good record. I, I don't look at them and go, oh my God, they are like head and shoulders above everyone, blah, blah, blah. But they have just found ways to win, whether that's grind it out in, you know, 16, 10 games or or win by 40. I mean, they've done effectively both. Um, yes, frustrating that Hopkins is back, that Kyler Murray is potentially back as well. Um they're both practicing Wednesday, as you say. So it could be uh, they were practicing Wednesday. So, I mean, maybe there's a situation where they have a little setback or they don't want to rush them because the Bears are terrible anyway. And they'll probably win regardless. Um, but you know, if I'm a uh, if I'm a, a Cards fan, I'd be confident going into this game. Uh, as a Bears fan, I think Justin Fields' development is all that's really important. Darnell Mooney has been good this year. Uh, a couple of little players flashing Jalen Johnson's been all right uh Roquan Smith's having a good year um but yeah I think this is more for us getting out of the pace naggy um shithole that we're in currently and into a situation where um we're able to enjoy watching Bears football again and have some hope because yeah they're just bad I mean Nagy is he's an offensive coach that is horrendous offensive play calling the Bears are the lowest in terms of pass receiving yards in the last four years since I think it was like the 2017-18 Cardinals or something when they were dreadful. 
So yeah, um, Bears are dreadful. Um, Fields is the future, thank God. Hopefully, anyway. Um, obviously banged up the other week with some badly bruised ribs, I believe. But hopefully he gets back in the game. Because no, let's be honest, for a team that is looking to develop and grow their quarterback, him sitting on the sideline for Andy Dalton is not doing him any good. So get him back in, um, see what happens. But yeah, I, I can't see a situation where the Cardinals lose this one, especially if Hopkins and Kyler Murray are back. So uh, I think um, I think they'll win it. Um, you know, there were five naggy chants. Bizarrely, I'll just mention this. I know I'm going on a bit, but it's my team and they're shit and they're dreadful <laughs> and I need to get this out. Um, there was fire naggy chants at Chicago Bulls games. There was at AEW events as a wrestling organization. Everywhere you go, there are fire naggy chants because Matt Nagy is universally hated and um, it's just it's just not doing a good job. So, um, yeah, uh, Cardinals to win. <laughs> And there, there ends the the Bears' run. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to take Arizona to win for for similar reasons. I mean, obviously, if Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins weren't playing, it'd be a different story. But uh, as it is, they are, and so I think it should be an Arizona win. We get to our first proper coin flip game, I think, next, which is quite exciting to see which way we both go. Until now, as you said, it's been pretty predictable. But I think everyone listening will agree there's a reason it's been predictable. Um, we have the LA Chargers at Cincinnati. Um, so two teams, you know, in sort of similar places. I mean, Bengals are definitely having a better season, but I think talent-wise, they're reasonably similar. They're both explosive and they're both certainly capable of beating each other without question. Um, it's in Cincinnati, um, so it could be some nasty weather coming off, um, you know, the lakes and stuff around there. Um, who have you got in this one and why? I think these two teams are effectively mirrors of each other, aren't they, really? Um, they're both yeah. young, up-and-coming up teams with up-and-coming quarterbacks. Um, you know, a lot of talent in certain areas, like wide receiver core. Um, for both teams, it's pretty uh, pretty good, actually, really. Um, I've gone for the home team. I've gone for the Bengals. Um, but both these teams are teams that have let me down. That I've gone, oh, yeah, they'll be good. They'll win this game. And then they've lost badly. Uh, Chargers, I literally can't get a bead on. I, I put down my all my money and say, yeah, they're going to win this game easy and they lose against absolute nobodies uh, and vice versa. I'll say, no, they're not going to win this game and they'll win easily and I'll just look a complete fool. So um, I'm screwed whatever I go with, but I've gone for the Bengals in this one. Um, but I think it's going to be a really entertaining game to watch and actually a game that if you're going to watch an individual game rather than Red Zone or something, it's, it's, it's definitely a game I would be uh, deciding to watch over what effectively is a chorus of shit in a lot of the other games. Yeah, I mean, just to reiterate that, um, obviously we've had some very one-sided games on paper, guys, on paper so far, and we've got a couple more coming up. So this would definitely be the game to watch in the early window, which I might be. I mean, I usually watch Red Zone for my accumulators, but obviously New England Buffalo is the Monday night game. So I've got no game to particularly watch. So potentially this might be it. Um, I've gone Chargers. Um, I think they desperately need a win. And it's not that the Bengals don't need to win. They're obviously in the midst of a playoff push. But I think the Chargers will pull out all the stops, all the trick plays, all the explosive plays, all the ones they think they're most sure about and and really go for it. And um, they'll have to bottle up Joe Mixon a little bit, which could be hard because um, their run has been absolutely shocking and Joe Mixon's on a bit of a tear. So I, th- I think Chargers need to go in, go big early, try and get ahead so Burrow has to start passing which is no insult to Burrow whatsoever it's just their pass is pretty good they've got a good pass rush the Bengals offensive line is not very good and so potentially they can get after him and play coverage 
Um, so they need to score quick and um, hopefully force the Bengals to pass. And then that would sort of play into their hands. If Mixon gets going and the game stays close early, um, I think they could be in trouble. And that's where your Bengals prediction might well come to pass. Um, next one's Tampa Bay Atlanta. Um, obviously a division rivalry. It's in Atlanta, which at least gives this game some spice. I think if it was in Tampa Bay, we'd all go home early. Um, but you know, Atlanta have got a couple of playmakers as we know, um, but they're also missing players. They've also got a lack of talent everywhere. And Tampa Bay seems to pretty much stomp on most people. Obviously, had a close game against the Colts, which is understandable, um, given that they're a good team. And Tom Brady looked a little off again. Not bad, just a little off, thrown some picks recently. So it'll be interesting to see if that continues. But can't see a world where Tampa Bay don't win. I think um, Tom's... I don't call him Tom. Look, I sound like you now. Tom Brady, um, I don't know if it's... I would never say it's lackadaisical or taking it for granted because he's such a competitor that I don't think his competitive streak would allow him to do that. But there's obviously something going on that made him kind of feel a little bit like... um, uh, you know, he's, he's he's been a little bit lax with the ball, you know, a couple of bonehead in, interceptions and stuff like that. A couple of, um, you know, missed throws. And the Bucks, I mean, they it, it's, it's kind of like, if to me, this game is kind of one of those very, 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 very long shot banana skins in that the end of the weekend, I mean, it's not unfathomable to go, oh, oh my God, the, uh, the, um, the Falcons won because... Bucks have lost some to some pretty poor sides, actually. Um, so um, it's a possibility, but I mean, ultimately, I still think they're the better side. And if Leonard Fournette has another, was it four touchdown game again? Yeah, I think um, you know they're going to be unstoppable on that front. And the Falcons, just as you said, they're injury prone. Uh, they're just devoid of talent in consistent areas, and just so inconsistent with the the way they are. They'll they'll win one week, and you think, oh, maybe they've turned a corner, and then they'll lose like three on the bounce. It's just, it's they're only consistent in their inconsistency. So yeah, I've gone for the Bucks, and I think they'll win pretty handily in the end. I think this could be a uh, a bit of a one sided game. And next up, we have uh, Jacksonville at the LA Rams. So, as we said, the one-sidedness continues. Although, having said that, the LA Rams have been absolutely shocking compared to where they should be in recent weeks. I mean, don't get me wrong, they've still looked like a better team than Jacksonville, which is why I'm going to pit them to win. But they have certainly had their moments where they've looked pretty devoid of ideas. And it'd be interesting to see how they adapt. And this is what I was going to talk about in the news segment. But actually, I thought, let's just talk about it now. Um, obviously not for too long, but just for a little bit in, in regards to this, because I think we're both going to pick the Rams. So it's going to be straightforward predictions. You kind of wonder whether McVeigh's getting figured out again, because he he obviously was the, the wonder kid, if you like. And then a couple of people figured him out towards the Super Bowl against the Patriots. And then the Patriots obviously completely had figured out that offense, just completely shut it down. And that offense was way too talented to completely shut down. So the only way they could shut it down to that level apart from playing brilliantly is completely just knowing the scheme. You know, when there's that motion, we know the play that's coming. When they stack two tight ends on the right side, we know what's coming um, and playing it like that. And, you know, I, I wonder whether he's adapted a bit, but people have now caught up to his adaption. Is he the kind of coach who's going to adapt and stick with what he's adapted to for weeks and weeks on end until someone catches up with it? And then it takes him a while to adapt again because you know, this team's wonderfully talented and they shouldn't be having these big dips. Everyone loses games, of course. You know, there's only one undefeated season in history. But some of the way they've looked, 
they've lost has been pretty poor. And, you know, is it McVeigh? Is it, and, and that's not saying he's the problem in the sense that they should be fired or anything, just purely in the sense of, have they hit another roadblock and, it, it, and after this Jacksonville game, they're just going to fly off again because he's figured out a new wrinkle. Is it a bit of the dream team thing? They're in LA with their cool stadium, their cool kits, their, the Super Bowl's in their stadium. They've got a great team. They started the year well. Everyone just, you know, is feeling themselves a bit too much and now it's kind of fallen apart. And they've added Von Miller, obviously, in OBJ and that's potentially just made it worse because they're just like, oh, we're so talented, we can't lose. I don't know. It's it's an interesting one because this team shouldn't be falling apart the way it is. And I sometimes wonder if there's not a, a little bit of a, a, an issue with a, a lack of influx of youth in terms of they they don't like to draft players seemingly at the Rams. You, th- you feel like a lot of the time, I know they do have some some younger players, Van Jefferson and et cetera, et cetera. But um, they, you know, they have lost a lot of, of their young draft capital over the years to uh, various other teams to bring in expensive uh you know highly sought after trade targets so you wonder if that maybe that has a little effect as well and you've got a few more leggy veterans that are um you know feeling the longer season as it will be a longer season as well by the end of it so i wonder if that might have a part to play as well um yeah i think maybe you're right i mean i saw on facebook the other day um on i think was one of the nfl groups um, a, a Rams fan was complaining about the uh, predictability of the play calling, et cetera, et cetera. And I just had to have a little chuckle. Having experienced Matt Nagy for as long as I have, I mean, <laughs> you've really got something to look forward to if you think that's the level, um, you know, you, you're suffering from the same issue. But yeah, maybe there is a little bit of that. And and I, I mean, anywhere um, coaches can get stale as well. And um, I kind of feel like this happens, I think, was it last year it happened a little bit as well? And, and I know obviously they had injuries last year as well, which I still think could be an issue this year because if Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey or someone like that goes out, um, you know, they they their backups are, are really not of the standard to necessarily come in and make an immediate impact. But um, going back to this game, I think uh, they will, uh, you know, it's come at a good time for them. I think the Jags are just the worst team or well, second to worst team after the Lions um, and won't put up enough of a fight uh, for an, a Rams team that are really desperately craving a win. I think any any tier above the Ram, uh, the Jaguars and this game would be very close and very nervy for, for Rams players, coaches, ownership and uh, and its fans. But um, for, uh, for this game, I think they'll win this one quite comprehensively in the end. And moving on next to the Washington football team at the Las Vegas Raiders. Obviously, Las Vegas have cooled off big time in the last few weeks. I'm not saying they haven't had some good results, but considering how they started the season and how they reacted when John Gruden was fired, it really seemed like this was going to be some sort of magical Las Vegas Raiders season where they were going to you know, win 11 or 12 games, get the four seed or something quite high, maybe even the three seed and start, you know, running through things but it's started to fall apart a bit now and starting to become a bit more like our predictions I think we're still going to be a bit low on them by the end of the season but it's starting to look a bit more like we thought it was going to um the Washington football team obviously beat the um uh, Seattle Seahawks um and you know beat the Bucks so you know a couple of big wins for them and obviously confirmed you know how poor Seattle are and we'll get to them in a little while but also you know maybe maybe time to start believing in Washington a little bit not as a good team but as you know there's pieces there I mean Taylor Heineke has to have credit I'm I, you know I'm I'm off the I'm completely off this idea that you know they're just winning because the D isn't good 
the D hasn't played well this year and they've had some good games, but they haven't played well this year. So you can't say, oh, it's not the defense. It's, you know, Ron Rivera is a good coach, but it's not really the coaching. Like it's not genius. And then it's not really the running game. It's not really the passing game. So what is it? They don't just win games randomly. This isn't, a, you know, a, a simulator. So I think Taylor Heineke needs some credit. I think other players on that team need some credit. Obviously, some of the ones we normally talk about, like McLaurin and things like that. But also some of the other maybe unsung heroes need some credit. And I think this is a really 50-50 game. I think this is a really tough one to call. Um, I'll go first because I know I've made you go first on some of the slightly tougher games we've had so far. Uh, I'm going to take Washington. Um, I'm going to run with Taylor Heineke and, and, you know, see where that gets me. And I think Derek Carr's the better quarterback, although, you know, they're both having good years. But I think apart from that, Washington probably matches up reasonably favourably. And um, I just think they're on a bit of a roll. Their belief must be pretty high right now. And, um, yeah, I see them getting the job done. Yeah, and I think uh, Carr himself, is, is he started off, I mean, literally, uh, maybe obviously it's knee-jerk because uh, of the opposition you play, etc. But was it first three or four games of the year? Raiders was seen as, um, as you know, he uh, Derek Carr himself was seen as the um, potential MVP of the yeah. league or MVP form, along with like Justin Herbert and a few of the other guys who are playing well. Teddy Bridgewater to start of the year. Um Wow, so that's wow. kind of cool. That I know it's not exactly a stellar company, apart from Herbert, maybe. Um, but um, yeah, it's a difficult one to call. I think it is a, a really a fifty-fifty game because Raiders have had, looked good in stages. Uh, Washington football team are still inconsistent, and yes, they've had some high-profile wins, but they've also had some pretty meek losses as well. And yeah. uh, here's a, uh, a potential buyer for a big-name quarterback like a Jimmy G or a Russell Wilson is, yeah, is the Washington football team. I think uh, you know. Fitz, Fitz Magic hasn't been able to get onto the field this year through injury. And I think now we believe he is either fit or very nearly fit. Um, Heineke has been decent, but I don't think there's enough there to say that he is the quarterback of the future um, for the Washington football team, especially if one of those big name quarterbacks is available. Um, so, yeah, it'd be an interesting thing to hold. But well, let's not talk about the offseason. Let's talk about the, the season. So um, I have gone for the Raiders on this one. I don't feel good about it. You said a lot of stuff that I totally agree with. And I was very close to trying to scribble out my uh, Raiders answer and put Washington football team, but I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go for the home team, Vegas. Hopefully the uh, football team go out to the slots the night before, get a few cocktails down them. Uh, and, you know, feeling a little bit worse for wear for the game because um, yeah, it's going to be a close game. Um, hopefully a good game. It could be, it could be surprisingly high scoring or it could be another one of those, uh, Washington games or for that matter Raiders games where it's exceedingly low scoring kind of like we we're talking about with the Eagles you can see it'd be like 10-7 at half time you're like oh great well that's a fun game to watch um, but yeah I've gone for the Raiders in this one but I do not feel good about it no it's one of those coin flip games so I don't think either of us feel particularly confident um, next one is Baltimore at Pittsburgh obviously an AFC North rivalry usually a hard hitting brutal game usually a good and close game as well however obviously Baltimore are having a good year with the occasional mental loss that no one can figure out um, but in general um, playing very well, um, very exciting to watch. Um, a pretty good rounded team. There are definitely weaknesses. They are definitely beatable, but, you know, pretty good team. But they are at Pittsburgh. Obviously, that's not easy to go to Pittsburgh. It's going to be pretty hostile. Um, obviously, Pittsburgh have some playmakers of their own. They're not as good of a team, but they have got some playmakers. 
Um, but I think I suppose the question for this game has it has Big Ben got a little bit of magic left, and can Najee Harris run the ball and keep Lamar Jackson off the field? If so, they've got a chance. If not, then um, Baltimore could um, kind of dig Pittsburgh's hole a bit deeper. What do you think? I think this is one of those games. Like it's a rivalry game, and, and to a certain extent, I think in these types of rivalry games, form can go out the window. Uh, I would say form because I mean the Raiders, uh, the Raiders, um, the Ravens actually won last year despite uh, Lamar Jackson throwing four picks last week. So, I mean that is a pretty horrendous performance, and it, he himself actually came out saying something on the lines of "I played like a rookie," which is very very accurate considering the draft class we've had this year. Yeah. Um, overall. I think this is a a Ravens team that's still trying to find itself a little bit. Um, they have a lot of talent in certain areas that kind of allows them to make, um, you know, make do with the sometimes you know inconsistent play from their from their quarterback, whether that be um, Lamar Jackson or when was it Huntley had to play against against the Bears and they still managed to find a way to win. Um, Steelers really starting to come down a few pegs. I mean, I think they had a, a, a really high-scoring game against the Chargers uh, that they lost, and they lost again last week as well. And and you know were pretty much smashed um, last week. So um, I've gone for the Ravens in this one. I don't think either team is playing particularly great football, so it wouldn't surprise me if either team won this. But I'm going for the slightly informed team compared to the team that is starting to go on a bit of a losing streak. So I've gone for the Ravens in this one. Yeah, me too. I I just felt the talent gap was a little too high and the big playmaking talent was just a little bit too high to pit Pittsburgh. I mean, if you talk excuse me, if you told me Calais Campbell was out, that would that could change it. Like literally just that that one good player it would suddenly make me think about it. I wouldn't necessarily change my prediction, but I'd start to think about it. But as it is, I think um <clears throat> Baltimore are just a bit too a bit too good really for the rivalry thing to kind of overtake and the home field advantage to kind of overtake it. Um I have next to be up, honest, oh, sorry, Ed, you know we were talking about um you're gonna have some good clips at the end of the year of me. I totally want to get one of you losing your voice there, making it sound like you're getting exceedingly emotional about Claire's Campbell. <laughs> well, to be fair, I, mean, I, I, I do get emotional about Claire's Campbell. Claire's Campbell I mean, is a great player and a great pro. Yeah, and a great man, and he is an absolute giant. So, I mean, he is an absolute it, giant. All, all of those things lead to just getting a little bit emotional about him. So, um, yeah. you know, good for you. Just letting your feelings out. We need, you know, yeah, we're here for you. We're here that's, for that's you. What, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. In fairness, he's one of those guys, just on a slight tangent, he's one of those guys. So, for context, context I'm 6'4 and about 18 and a half stone. So, I'm not like gigantic but i am a big guy and i and so i I, you know obviously a lot of people are smaller than me and not that i'm you know tough or felt shall we say some of that quite a bit of that 18 and a half stone is not muscle however it's you know i feel like a lot of time i'd feel at home on an nfl field i'd look kind of normal and then you see people like claire's come and just think or aaron donald or people like that and just think bloody hell these guys are just ridiculous like you know i'd stand next to tom brady we're both six four Obviously, he's got a bit more muscle. I've got a bit more gut, but we look fairly similar stood next to each other. And you know, there's players who are a lot smaller, like Julian Edelman and people like that. But you just see these the, those real giants, and you just think, 
they literally pick you up and just snap you in half and throw you away. Um, it's just unbelievable um, the fact that they can be so athletic and so gigantic. But um, that's a little bit of a tangent anyway there. Uh, moving on. I mean, was it the genetic 99 percenters, aren't they, basically? It's like yeah. the greatest athletes on earth either play basketball or American football, and basically that's it, really. Um because yeah, some of them are insane, and I, I'm also six four and about eighteen, 18 and a half. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not at all. I, I would probably not be at home on an NFL field at five nine and whatever the hell I weigh these days. Um, so you yeah, him, mate, the small yeah. white guy. Yeah, mate, I'm basically the Mac Jones, and you could be Tom Brady. I mean, you sounded like the way you described yourself, like you was Tom Brady's combine invite. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> even I'd style it out a bit more than Tom Brady. <laughs> so yeah, um, but no, it is crazy. The, these guys are amazing, and that's what makes once again that's what makes the NFL fun, isn't it? Just watching these absolute superhuman people in the peak of fitness um and that's what annoys me about injuries because we're sometimes robbed of these awesome matchups um uh but yeah absolutely awesome and yeah claire scamble is huge um next up is san francisco at seattle another divisional rivalry um and another game that's in some ways hard to get a focus on obviously seattle dive bombing but san francisco haven't exactly been the peak of consistency this year though they certainly have looked like the better team it's in seattle um seattle obviously lost against the football team last week so i don't think they'll be very happy they'll be looking to turn that around however san francisco on paper are the better team and are obviously pushing for the playoffs um what's your thoughts on this one so this is two teams that well, I mean, you've got the 49ers, who I call the great pretenders, who have always been billed this year as this great team that are going to do really well. And it's just kind of not consistently happened, but they have hit a little bit of form recently. Seahawks, on the, on the other hand, are not in form. Um, they made it close towards the game against Washington the other week in the last few minutes. But um, I saw a tweet um, on, I think it was something like they went like six or seven, uh, three, and, three and outs or something insane. It was just... It was just a really poor performance by um, the Seahawks offense. And we all know that their defense, despite scoring a, was it a blocked touch, uh, blocked extra point yeah. uh, run back for a two pointer, um, you know, isn't consistently good. Uh, and yeah, that's it. If your offense isn't good when you're the, uh, when you're the Seahawks, then your defense is not good enough to save you. So um, I've gone for the 49ers in this one, uh, although I'm not, entirely enamored with their performance consistently i think they are the better side they've got a lot more talent than the 49ers overall yes maybe they don't have quite the quarterback that the uh, seahawks do but he isn't in top form yet i think this injury has derailed his season in a lot of ways and you might find that he has a good couple of games to finish the year when it's all meaningless and the seahawks are out of the playoff race completely so i've gone for the sea uh, not seahawks i'm lying i've gone for the 49ers in this one um and I think, yeah, they're just better across the board. So much for the superhuman comeback, but I won't rant on about that. Um, the, yeah, I mean, I'm going 49ers as well. Um, they're just they're just the better team by, by a long shot. Russell Wilson will have to be superhuman to win this game. We all know he's capable of it, but this year and at right at this moment, it doesn't seem very likely. Uh, the late game is Denver at KC, um, a game that at times this year would have looked like a really interesting game you know Denver have definitely played better than Kansas City at multiple opportunities in this year 
and division rivalry, as we said before, who knows? They are definitely capable of winning this game. However, it is in our head, and Casey do seem to have just hit their stride. Um, and for that reason, you know, I'm going to take Casey. I think they are more talented. Um, and I just, like I said, they just hit that stride. I think if Teddy Bridgewater was playing like he was at the start of the year, so nowhere near Patrick Mahomes, but, you know, a good starting quarterback level, I'd be really tempted to take Denver here. Really tempted because they've got the pass rush to with Chubb back to potentially put a bit of heat on Mahomes. Their offense can run the ball. Teddy Bridgewater can just be efficient and potentially, potentially come out with a result. But as it is, um, I think KC win. I think it's close maybe to halftime, maybe. And then um, KC pull away as Denver can't score any points. Yeah, I mean... Denver won quite um, quite well the other week, but I mean, this is not consistent with them. Teddy Bridgewater's not been consistent. I, I think we all wondered at the beginning of the year when he had this amazing couple of games that um, it was going to be a bit of an outlier. Uh, and it turns out that that was correct. Um, and obviously then he missed games due to a lack of form and also an injury as well. And Drew Locke came in and was even worse. So they brought him back. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I, I can't go for the Broncos in this one. I think they are built in a way to give Casey some issues. Um, you know, they've got a very, very good uh, secondary as well. Um, but I think they've just caught Mahomes at the wrong time. If this was three or four weeks ago, I would definitely be thinking about it for the Broncos because I think, as you said, they've got some really good weapons that can take advantage of their issues. And, you know, obviously a good wide receiving core against a, a Casey defense which has improved recently but still not you know an absolute star defense anyway so sadly i think and this is what the rams will be hoping for really as well is that um uh casey had the opportunity to get a couple of wins under the belt when everything was looking dreadful and you know confidence breeze results and they've managed to bring it around and i think that will continue this week and i have gone for kansas city winning this one Lastly, we have on Monday night, New England and Buffalo. And to be fair, probably the best game of the week. I know I'm biased, but I think that's probably quite fair to say. Um, it's going to be a hostile environment in Buffalo. Um, this, they they know this is their season. They can't let the Patriots, uh, you know, beat them now in Buffalo, beat them in New England and beat them by two or three games in the division because then they're just back where they were before. They had their one year in the sunshine and then New England just come back and take back over and they can't they just can't do that they can't have that they have to stamp their authority back on this division they have to win this game and then win the return game in Foxborough and um, you know even if they just beat the Patriots by one game in the division that's fine but they need to win the division they can't afford to come second and, and give the New England Patriots another sniff of winning the division so a huge game with huge implications for other people as well for people like Baltimore Indianapolis Tennessee um, Kansas City, all the other AFC playoff teams um, will be watching this as well, watching how the teams play, watching the result, but also seeing who wins and loses for seeding. Um, so I think it, it's an absolutely huge game. Um, I'll go first, actually, as it's New England. Um, I'm actually going to take Buffalo. Um, I think partly, like I said, I think they're going to pull out all the stops for this game. I think they desperately need this game. They have to win this game. Um, I think also it's going to be tough for Matt Jones on the road. I know he's played very well. I know he's a very poised guy. He's very good at forgetting, um, you know, what's just happened. You know, he threw that pick six 
um, against the Cowboys and then came straight back to the same corner and threw a 75-yard touchdown. You know, I appreciate that he he has that moxie, but it's going to be really tough in Buffalo. The weather's meant to be bad and he's not used to it. He's played in Alabama and Florida and he's a Florida resident, um, you know, born and bred. So he's not used to that weather. He's not going to be used to that kind of NFL crowd or college crowd even. Um, and, you know, New England are going to have to run the ball really well and play brilliant defense um, to win the game. They are capable of that, but I think it's going to be tough. Um, I think the only way Buffalo lose this game or not sort of the only way, but their Achilles heel in this game is the fact that they can't run the ball. Because if they can't run the ball on New England and New England can unleash what is a decent pass rush and play coverage with a very good secondary and flood the zones, I think that could spell trouble for Buffalo. So Buffalo have to find a way to run the ball, but I think they do manage to win this game and um, manage to take back control of the AFC East. See, I know what you've done here, Ed. You've basically gone with that. Oh, well, I'll back Buffalo because if they win, at least it's a nice little silver lining that I can say I won on the prediction, blah, blah, blah. And if they, you know, if Buffalo lose, then obviously that's awesome because, you know, the Patriots won and they're basically favorite for the division. So I know what your game is here. I, I can no see right through you. What you're talking about. <laughs> So um, I am going to go the opposite, and I have actually gone for the Patriots. Oh, I've got emotional myself now. I've gone for the Patriots. I think they're in really good form. Um, although I looking at the Patriots team, I know um, was it JC Jackson got um, uh, was it Defensive Player of the Month for the uh, AFC. Uh, Mac Jones got Rookie of the was, it, uh, was it AFC. Yeah, that's it. Of, yeah, for the month. Um, so overall, you know quite good accolades for that team. So there is some talent on that team, but I just really think that Bill Belichick is playing an absolute blinder this year. I think he had his bad year last year, which obviously wasn't even that bad a year. It was seven and nine last year. So it wasn't truly abysmal or anything. I mean, guess by uh, Pat's fan standards, it probably was, but by any, I mean, you know, bears kill for a seven and nine season. <laughs> some of the seasons we've been through. Um, so yeah, I've gone for the Pats. Uh, I think this will be a grinded out game. I just worry about the inconsistency of Buffalo, and I agree like you mentioned about their running game. They just haven't consistently been any sort of running game, despite you know drafting relatively high over the last few years. Zach Moss, Devin Singletary before, um, yeah, it just it doesn't consistently come off for them, and 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 therefore a lot of it's just on Josh Allen to do all of the hard grafting and. I think it comes a time where, you know, we've had this several times where they've just not been able to move the ball well enough and uh, probably become predictable. And if you've got a good New England secondary and Josh Allen, who has the occasional bonehead play, you know, taking too much upon himself, um, you know, you're going to get an interception or something, maybe even a pick six. So um, I've gone for the Patriots. I think it'll be a a real grind it out game. I think it's going to be a real... Real, you know, not not a game for the top quality purists. It's gonna be it's gonna be horrible to watch at points. Um, controlling the clock from New England and squeaking out a win, maybe a, a field goal at the end of the game or something to win the game for the for the Patriots. I mean, Nick Falk has been kicking very well, but uh, again, be testing elements for him as well. But yeah, it'll be a great game to watch, and we, we you know, in the sense of it, it's really important. Like I said, I think I agree with you. It could be a bit scrappy. Um, but the importance is is widespread. Okay, so that's the end of the predictions for this week. Um, we're just going to run through some bets, a bit of fun. You know, if you put money on them and lose, don't blame us. If you put money on and win, then we'd love a bit of that dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, I've got three, and then I'll let Sai run through his, and then we'll wrap up the episode. Um, Indianapolis minus nine versus Houston. Um, I think really generous to Houston. I mean, Jonathan Taylor should, in theory, run all over them. And Carson Wentz, yes, has his moments, but again, should be pretty effective passing on them. And their defense has been getting takeaways left, right, and center recently. I know at the start of the year, I bemoaned their defense a little bit, purely in the sense that people put it as like in the top three, four in the NFL. And I said, it's not that high. And I still believe that. I think the numbers still back that up. However, they have been playing extremely well recently and getting a lot of takeaways. And against the Houston team that give takeaways, um, you know, minus nine seems pretty nice. Um, the LA Chargers and Bengals going over 50 and a half points. Uh, both got very explosive offenses. Both have got su- suspect defenses at times. And um, I, I just can see 25 points aside pretty straightforwardly. Again, as you said, it'll be nine all now, full time. But, um, you know, I, I can see that happening. And lastly, I mean, another minus that I thought was pretty generous, though, yeah, I might live to regret this one a bit more than the Colts one. The Colts one I can't see not happening, mm. which is 49ers minus three and a half versus Seattle. Um, you know, I would love it if it was two and a half so that they could win by a field goal. But in theory, if the 49ers play to their level on paper and Seattle play to their level on paper, this should be a seven, eight, nine, ten point game. So three and a half feels pretty safe. Yeah, I went for that one as well. That's definitely one I went for. Um, I went for the Cowboys. Six and a half for the Saint, over the Saints. That's a nice one. So I mean, you can grab one. that before the report came yeah. out as well. Yeah, that might change now. It might be down to like, uh, it might be up to like 10 now, but it was, yeah. yeah, if you can grab that, it's a touchdown. And uh, the Saints are missing both tackles and their star running back. I mean, come on. I mean, yes, their defense is decent uh, to good. But there's not enough else to um, to keep this one that close, I wouldn't say. I think the Cowboys are, are far and above the better team um, in every other level. Um, I've also got the Vikings only minus seven to the Lions, which I think is a little bit generous to the Lions. I mean, yes, they've played it close on occasion, but if they tend to play it close, it's tend to be against poor sides that maybe they should be winning against, um, and they haven't. So uh, I went for the Lions. Um, I also thought Cowboys Saints going back to their game. It's only 46 points. I think it could definitely be an over um, if, uh, you know, maybe the uh, Saints defense does play up a little bit, maybe get a couple of takeaways, put Simeon or whoever is the quarterback in a decent position to at least get a couple of field goals. But I genuinely think the Cowboys are going to win this one by a steamroll. Um, And also, yeah, 49ers Seahawks, uh, 45.5 points. I've gone for over on that one. I think that's very, very low. Um, You know, I think although both these teams have some inconsistencies and some question marks, I think there's opportunity for some overs to be had this week. Yeah, absolutely. And excuse me, um, you know, I think the the unders have been quite prevalent recently. So that's got to change. Uh, at some point, you know, just naturally, that you know, eventually that has to change. So, yeah, I think some of those are really interesting and it'll be interesting to see how the week unfolds, see if the weather plays a big part in any of these games. Like I said, apparently the Patriots-Buffalo games push through some shocking weather, but, you know, if that's around the US, there's some other tough places being played in. Mm. Um, New York can get tough. Obviously, that's outside. Chicago can get tough. Yeah. Cincinnati can. So Pittsburgh can, Seattle can, Kansas City can. So there's quite a few home games that are outside um, that could get pretty brutal. So we'll see how that goes. 
um that's the end of the episode uh everyone um so we're going to start to wrap up now so um thanks for joining us um you know obviously like we said before please join in um at shutdown cover on twitter um either you can reply to one of our threads or uh, posts on there where we keep you updated about episodes and point out some things about the nfl but obviously also just feel free to just message us in general um and just let us know what you think about the nfl it doesn't have to be related to the podcast it can just be your views on the nfl or if you want to relate something to something we said in the podcast please do we don't mind people saying i agree and this is why we don't mind people saying i disagree and this is why um that's absolutely fine the whole point of this podcast really is to spark conversation amongst you guys and also an outlet for me inside to chat about the nfl which obviously we love doing um episodes are out every thursday um so if uh you know if you're new again as i say or if you've uh you know not subscribed so you're you know you, you sort of dip your toe in and out um uh, it's every thursday uh, at around eight to nine o'clock GMT. It'll be a bit later tonight, obviously, because we're recording on the night, but it's usually about eight, nine o'clock GMT. So that's, um, what's that, about th- three, four o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern time, and sort yeah. of 11, 12 o'clock midday ish um, West Coast. So, yeah, I'll leave you guys to figure out the timings. Uh, thanks to Sai as ever. You got anything planned for your weekend that's particularly exciting? Um, yes, we are Ooh. meeting Santa Claus. Um, oh. so yeah, we'll be doing that uh, a few times in various different shops over the course of the next few weeks, as as is the time of the year. Seems to get around this guy, I tell you. Um, <laughs> so, I, and yeah, for anyone listening with young children, I will not go any further into any any other thing on that. But um, yeah, so uh, overall, um, you know, very busy time around Christmas. But, you know, we'll endeavor to try and get on Twitter or whatever and, 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 you know, have conversations. Yeah, by all means, tell us. If we've said something stupid or, you know, you want to stroke my ego by telling me about 10 and 5 is a pretty good predictor score each week, which, you know, I'm getting pretty consistent at. I mean, yeah, by all means, tell us. Um, be really good to talk to other people. And, you know, a shout out to, you know, we're both from, from England. We're both from the UK. Uh, shout out to anyone listening in this country as well. Is obviously we, we try and, you know, by by give discussing everything we try and grow the fan base within this country um because that's it you know um it is a game that you know a lot of people still don't watch in this country so if we can you know keep increasing the fan base that's awesome uh obviously if you're listening in america you just obviously love our sexy english accent so um <laughs> you know welcome to you as well but um yeah anyone just just you know come and have a little discussion with us i'll you know i'll make fun of some of your predictions especially if you support a terrible team like mine uh, yeah, we'll have a laugh. Yeah, sounds good. And on that note, you know, our sexy English accents are going to sign off now. Cheerio, pip, pip. <laughs> and uh, we will see you all next week for another episode. Enjoy your week and have a great weekend. Ta-ta, darlings. <laughs>